Welcome to Twink Wars. 3B, 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 3B. Stars is the best. It's the Teen Wolf podcast where we're talking about season 3B, the best. I am Rashad. I'm Heather. So this is episode 13, technically. Yes. But it is episode 1 of 3B. So season 3, episode 13, 3B episode 1. Yes. <laughs> to make it complicated. We will figure out how we want to deal with that going forward for the rest of these. Yeah. But whatever. Um, How are you? Oh, we were talking about it earlier. I'm getting a taste of what it's like to be you yes. most of the time, it seems like. Because so this weekend I was at, I went to the lake for a family reunion mm-hmm. and then I came back on and I kind of worked from there on Monday. Then yesterday I went back to the office, then went back to the lake, spent the night, drove to the office from the lake this morning. Now we're recording. Tomorrow my family will be coming into town to do a bunch of stuff around town. So I'll be kind of going all over the place with them. Friday I have to train a new employee. Saturday, I drive to Richmond for a music festival. That's Saturday and Sunday. Monday, drive back from the music festival, go to the office. Tuesday, I have a doctor's appointment. Wednesday, I fly to Ireland. Where are you flying out of? Uh, Dulles. Nice. Yeah. So, it's been a little crazy. Yeah, for you, for sure. Well, I mean, that's even crazy (laughs) to me, but that's like my normal level of functioning crazy. No, I'm more of a one event a week at most kind of girl so and i just noticed one of my paintings is askew and i'm sure it's because misha messed with it while i was gone that is okay anyway how about you um i'm good i am just on cruise control doing like D &D and chilling laying low until my vacation when do you leave next friday okay so of course by the time you guys hear this we'll have already gone on our trips yeah but (laughs) <laughs> while at, as we're recording this we are preparing yeah and so there will have been a gap in yes. episode releases by the time you hear this which we probably should have told you about before the gap happened but you know we're learning we're still, yes we just realized that we missed our one year anniversary of recording this podcast yeah but which you guys wouldn't even know because we didn't start releasing episodes <laughs> until november right but we started recording them in july last year yeah i couldn't remember i just remember it was in the summer I'm pretty sure it was July. I could go back and look at my notes and find out, but but yeah, whatever. So that's what I've been up to. That's what we've been up to. Yeah, a lot for me. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so our topic. Week, yes, we are gonna be doing, I guess, dream sequences or hallucinations in media. Mm-hmm. So we got to go to the the go tos. Well, mine is actually different from what we normally go oh. with exciting um i am going to go way into left field and choose the nightmare on elm street series okay because there's all of that um like lucid dreaming Uh, it's all hallucinations um i forget what they're called like the micro naps micro naps or something like that where you're like you stay awake too long and you start hallucinating Mm. you start dreaming while you're awake and things like that can't say that's ever happened to me um, it's never happened to me either. <laughs> I only heard about it while watching Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff. And I don't even know if it's real, but I feel like it is. 
I feel like it's something that can happen. If you stay awake too long, your body will take it upon itself to, like, get sleep however it can. Yeah. Or you'll die. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we could talk about Wanda creating hallucinations in, well, Age of Ultron is when she first does it. Yes, that works. But, I mean, I guess kind of she does that to all of whatever that town is in New Jersey in WandaVision. That's different because she straight up manipulated reality at that one. So it's not a hallucination. No. Scratch that. Never mind. Um, In Vampire Diaries, they can get inside of your head. Mm -hmm. And I've only seen it really work if they're asleep. They can only mess with your dreams. I haven't really seen them, like, mess with, make somebody hallucinate outside of a dream. Well, you would be the authority on that. So if you can't remember it, I definitely can't. But there was a time in uh, Supernatural when Sam came back from hell and... Cass broke the uh, wall in his brain that was keeping him sane, and then he couldn't sleep anymore. Oh, he yeah. He was hallucinating Lucifer. All the time. All the time, which would be the worst. Oh, my God. I know. Oh, my God. That man. Ugh. <laughs> to have to look at that face and listen to that voice for... All the time. All the time. And couldn't ever get away from it. And, I mean, I mean... It gets the point across how annoying that would be. He was very good at being really annoying. Oh, yeah. It would have driven me absolutely insane mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, Sam handled it pretty well. Yeah. Did Buffy have a hallucination? There was the time in season six when she got stung by some hallucination demon and then she thought she was at a mental hospital. That's the one I was thinking yeah. of. She had a whole thing where she thought she was never the slayer. It was all just a hallucination or a delusion. and She was actually just in a mental hospital this whole time. Yes, that was the episode I was thinking of specifically. And then they try to leave it on a note of like, well, is she really? No. I remember that. That was bullshit. I was like, don't. Don't do that. Why are you doing that? <laughs> I don't like that. I did not like that part. The episode itself was fine up yeah. until they did that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, no, we didn't need that. We don't need a cliffhanger or something making it. Is Buffy actually crazy? Yeah. Are we? Has the whole show been a hallucination? No. It has not. Shut up. Save that for Dynasty or whatever show sure. pulled that shit. Yeah. Um, I think there was an episode of The Magicians where it was kind of the exact same thing, where they were all in a mental hospital. Yeah, something like that. Whatever. I really need to rewatch that show. Yeah, we keep saying that. We keep talking about it. we will. Yeah. So, I think that's good? Yeah, I think that's good enough. <laughs> we're keeping it easy breezy. Mm-hmm. So, this, like I said, we're gonna. I'm just going to stick with the traditional season. Um, Numbers. Yeah. So season three, episode 13, Anchors. Yep. It aired January 6th, 2014, and it was written by Jeff and directed by Russell. It had a viewership of 2.43, which is the highest viewership of any episode of Teen Wolf ever. Wow. Yes. Higher so far or highest? No, highest period. I specifically looked after this and went and double checked before. Hmm. No episode of Teen Wolf has been watched more than this episode wow. when it originally aired. Well, it is a very good episode. And it I is. I understand that people were excited about the new season. Yes, it was fantastic. I bet there were a lot of really good promos with styles. Probably. I can't really remember. I can't. I didn't. I wasn't watching Teen Wolf when it yeah. when aired. I remember watching it. I remember my roommate at the time asking me if I had been watching <laughs> Teen Wolf because it was so good during 3b and i was like oh yeah i've been watching religiously and this is about the time because i started watching teen wolf because of tumblr so this is about the time when it really blew up on tumblr 
Yeah. And I was like, well, I guess I got to watch this show now. So by the time I actually got around to it, it was season four. But this is when Teen Wolf peaked. Mm-hmm. So it was, as for trivia, there was nothing really good. The only thing that was technically, I guess, trivia is that this is the first time in the season credits where Scott has red eyes as being an alpha. That's it. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, there were four songs on this episode. Don't Wake Me by Robots. Ro- oh, my God. I just said Robots. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, what, Diggins? <laughs> yeah. Robots Don't Sleep, which is ironically, or not ironically, I guess, appropriately, when Styles and Scott are discussing their dreams. Please and Thank You by Wildcat Wildcat is when Allison leaves her apartment after Sheriff Stilinski was making sure Styles was okay. Ghost by Sir Sly is when Lydia takes Allison out to the woods to shoot some arrows. And Departed by William Arcane was when Allison was having a dream of her and Isaac making out. Okay. Yeah. So previously on, we pretty much were just reminded what happened at the end of season 3A. Um, that Scott, Allison, and Styles were surrogate sacrifices for their parents and that it... Gave power back to the Nematon and woke it up and also that it would create a darkness within them that would never leave. And also we were reminded that Scott is an alpha now. Yep. That's pretty much all we need to know. And then to summarize this episode, so much happens. (laughs) Um, Basically, Scott, Allison, and Styles get terrorized Mm -hmm. the entire episode. It's very traumatic for them. And if you're attached to them, it's traumatizing for you, too. It's very rough on them. Um, Lydia tries to hold them all together to the best of her ability. More so Allison, because that's her girl. Um, Isaac is trying to navigate his feelings for Allison while living with Scott, who's also battling his own demons, which is interesting. It results in Isaac being abused, but he's used to it, so it's kind of okay. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Um... (laughs) fucking scott's dad is filing a case against the sheriff to potentially depose him as sheriff because he hasn't been doing his job very well which is not his fault but it's very true so as much as i can't stand fucking scott's dad he's doing his job yep. as he says <laughs> You might hear various cat noises as usual. You might hear Milo purring in my lap and Misha, I think she is attacking a paper bag. Yeah, it sounded the, like it to me. Room. No so, worries. Yeah. Um, what else happens? We meet Kira, yes. a new student, a very beautiful new student, yes. might I add. God, she's so pretty. I forgot how fucking gorgeous <laughs> so that girl is. Oh my God. The very first time you see her, I was like, damn, Arden Show is Stunning. Mm-hmm. On a show of beautiful people, she stands out still. Yeah. Exceptionally beautiful. I completely <laughs> forgot how gorgeous she is. Yeah. Um, wow. We also <laughs> get to meet the new history teacher who is Kira's dad. Mm-hmm. The sheriff is going through all of his old cases. And we get introduced to a character by the name of Malia Tate. We sure do. We're not going to say much about her at the moment, but she is great. She's the best. <laughs> like, oh my God. I am so know. excited <laughs> for her. Um, and then let's see what else. Um, that covers most of it. It's just them dealing with their nightmares and they're just setting the tone for this season. And we do get a Derek and Peter cameo at the very end. Yeah, we do. I was, uh, Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, we ready to get into it? Yes. 
so um, we start by zooming into a window, which my I don't have many complaints about this episode at all, or nitpicks. So it might be the shortest episode ever, or we might go on to some severe tangents like we do. But did that look like... I thought that was Scott's house at first. I don't pay enough attention to their houses to know whose looks like what, except for like Allison's god-awful house right. from the first season. Because I thought Styles and the sheriff lived in like a one-story brick house. And that was like a two-story blue suburban, just generic-looking house, which, which is what Scott lives in. But... Again, I can't remember. I am totally nitpicking, and I did not bother to go back and look at it again. So, and <laughs> also, it was a dream off. sequence, so it ultimately might not matter. Fair enough. Maybe in his dream, for some reason, he lived with Scott. That Maybe would, that would totally happen in a dream. Just yeah. this is my house, but it's not. Okay, fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we cut to Styles, who is tossing and turning in bed and sweating, and poor baby is having nightmares, and he keeps saying, "Don't let them in," over and over and over and over. Well, yeah, it's a series of nightmares. So it's like it starts off where he's in bed and then he wakes up trapped in a locker. Yeah, wait. And I wrote I love arm, but that's not relevant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's trapped in the locker and then he gets out of the locker. And then he goes through he's the in- locker room. Then he goes to a random classroom, which I'm pretty sure is that classroom that the old history teacher disappeared from. Right. So he's in the hallway and then he notices that a door is ajar. Yes. And he goes into that classroom and the nematon is in there. Yep. And then vines come out of the nematon and like grab him and he jerks awake and everything seems normal. Until Lydia wakes up next to him. It's like, "Ah, I don't think that doesn't seem right. No. And he asks what she's doing there. Right. He's like takes him in and he's like hold on we just kind of almost kissed that we didn't we're not here yet and i also this is hetero baiting yeah it is <laughs> they're, they're baiting everybody with stidia but and then his door cracks open it's a jar yes <laughs> and she and dream lydia does not want him to open that or go out there and he keeps saying what if someone comes in yeah so then he goes through that door And he sees the nematon again, and then a bunch of lights come on, and he's on the lacrosse field. Yes. And before we move on, I want to talk about um, Lydia and the thing with the door. Mm -hmm. Do you think Dream Lydia was freaking out because she wanted him to leave the door open so that bad shit could get in? Or did you think that Dream Lydia legitimately did not want him to fuck with that door? I think that Dream Lydia was kind of representing his subconscious. And trying to tell him, telling himself, don't poke at that. Yeah. Just leave it alone. Okay. That's my interpretation, at least. I didn't know, so I didn't know how to feel about it. Because I could see it going either way. It being, like, dark Nematon fucking with him. Yeah. In the form of Lydia. And not wanting him to close it. Because that probably would have been good for him and bad for the Nematon, potentially. Or... Yeah. I'm not sure how... I had too many thoughts about what it could mean. Well, I guess because he was planning to go through the door. Yeah. And she didn't want him to do that is what makes me think that it was his own subconscious saying, don't do that. That's fine. Leave it alone. I didn't have a definitive thought on what I thought it could be. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to see what how you interpreted it. Um. So then he's, he's on the other cross field and he's stressing out and he starts telling himself to wake up. Yep. And he... Then he wakes up in his room and the sheriff is knocking on the door and telling him it's time for school. And I did make a note that he has this painting of like a black abyss looking thing next to the door, hmm. which seemed, I don't know, just seems significant to me. 
significant uh, set design. Yeah, almost like a void. Almost. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> um, so then we are at school, and Styles he- is telling Scott all about... Sleep paralysis. paralysis. Have you ever had sleep paralysis? Yes. Oh, my God. Me too. I hate it. Yeah. It is the worst thing that I... Well, I won't say it's the worst thing I've ever experienced, but it's up there. Yeah. It's bad. Have you seen things when you have... Do you Have a, Have you ever seen, like, a sleep paralysis demon? I have not seen a sleep paralysis demon, but the first time I ever experienced it, I was asleep, and I had a dream about Dracula coming <laughs> to me and... At offering to turn me into a vampire and I told him that I needed to think about it and as soon as I said I needed to think about it before I could think about it he just jumped on me and bit my neck and then I woke up from that but I couldn't move I was just like paralyzed but I didn't see anything I just couldn't move yeah and it was very awful I hate it it's the one time I remember seeing what I guess would be considered a sleep paralysis demon or, you know, that's what people call it. But yeah. it was when I was in my studio apartment and I woke up and I turned to my left and I had a stool beside my bed that was like a my end table, basically. But sitting on the stool, I swear, was that little boy ghost from the um, Insidious, Tiny. Mm-hmm. from the second house that's like running through the house so it was like a silhouette of a little boy with like a yep. page boy cat. oh i i knew exactly who you're talking yeah. about in case anybody listening doesn't know what i mean but he was sitting on yeah. the stool right next to my bed and i was just staring at him and it feel it felt like it went on forever but eventually i could move and like link and stuff and oh i would know. have been screaming bloody murder internally it was bad yeah. but i've also experienced it not that long ago when i was just having the one of the worst night's sleep ever and i kept having these dreams that like I would hear something must have woken me up some loud noise must have woken me up at some point in the evening mm-hmm. and then it just I kept having dreams that I would hear a loud noise and I would my mind would wake up but my body wouldn't and I'd be telling myself that had to be real like something has to be going on I need to look out the window but I can't move yeah and then it would take a few seconds to fully wake up and be like nope that was another dream just it happened like repeatedly all night long those are the worst the dreams that I hate the most are the ones that are so normal that I'm like, is that a dream or is it a memory? Yeah. And then it'll <laughs> plague me forever. Yeah. So I'm like, is that, did that actually happen to me? Or did I just make that up? Or like you'll wake up and still be thinking about the dream for a while, like it's real. Yeah. And then later in the day, you'll be like, hold on. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't need my college transcripts. Oh, God. Why the fuck did I think of that? the dreams about school yeah where you're back in school those are the worst i've had like a recurring stress dream where it's like i somehow find out that i never actually graduated high school i've had that dream too and i had to go back and finish yes i have had that exact same dream before Ugh! and then i'm thinking to myself like i did all of this for nothing and now i'm back in school and all these children are here and i'm an adult and this is stupid legitimately (laughs) had the exact same thing happened to me, which is so weird. We should have made that the topic. Weird dreams oh, that yeah. we've actually had. Well, we kind of did anyway. So there so, you go. Double topic. Yep. Moving on. Um, when they get to class, he says that the scariest thing is that he doesn't even know if what's happening right in that moment is real. And then he wakes up screaming and his dad rushes in and holds him. Yes. And fantastic acting. Mm-hmm. Like beautiful broke my heart yeah and i do like this like non-toxic masculinity of his dad just holding him yeah like holding him because i mean it's your kid 
just because he's yeah. a teenage boy doesn't need, mean he doesn't need comfort. Single dad, yeah. healthy relationship. I love it. Yeah. The parents be parenting in this show sometimes. They do. The good ones do. Yeah. <laughs> um, it it did scare me a little. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. I, as always, it's hard for me to remember what it was like to watch it for the first time. Yeah. But it's like, what, a triple fake out? Something is like that. Two or, is it three and or Maybe more? scare isn't the right word, but it made me unsettled yeah. and uneasy mm-hmm. a little. Cause it's Especially just, his reaction. Well, yeah. Then we go to the credits, and at the so we mentioned already that it's the first time that Scott has the red eyes, but then at the end... We get the Oni mask. Yes. Well, I put, what is this creepy, scary mask? Because we don't know yet, but it's an Oni. I Well, <laughs> I know that from being, like, a weeb, so <laughs> I recognize Oni masks on sight okay. just from being who I am as a person. See, I didn't know that that was, like, a traditional Oni depiction or not or not not just something they made mm-hmm. up for the show because i am not i'm uncultured and i don't know these things it is a-okay <laughs> i'm specifically versed in japanese mm-hmm. culture and things that appeal to me um so then we cut to scott getting ready for school and he sees his shadow on the door has claws. his claws out but his hands are normal in real life right so he's he like tries to mess with it a couple times before they go away yep and he opens the door and Isaac is there and they have an awkward moment about, are you going to school? Yes. So am I. Okay. And Isaac asks, if, asks Scott if he's angry at him and he says no. And when he asks if he's sure, Scott says no again. And uh, eventually we get to Isaac saying, do you want to hit me? I think you should hit me. And Which is so, I, I mean, we got to unpack that. Yeah. That's not good. I know that they, I'm sure Jeff didn't think about it. He just thought this was funny. But Isaac thinking immediately that if someone is upset with him they should just hit him like the best resolution is just just let them hit him and get it over with oh my god i think it's fucked but i also think it's on brand for isaac oh yeah it makes sense as someone who was a you know trauma survivor yeah. he's bad. i mean that's what everybody else yeah. in his life used to do when they were upset with him and i'm sure he always kind of was like okay my i know my dad is mad we just need i want him to get this over with he's gonna hit me let's just get it yeah so now he's yeah. like scott's mad at me so he he should just but scott's so much nicer he'll just hit me and it'll be fine well yeah i don't think he's even thinking about it that way he's just like that's just how it goes somebody gets mad at you they do something bad to you and then it's over and you move on yeah but Scott's so nice. It won't, whatever Scott will do to me won't be nearly as bad as what my dad used to do to me. Well, true. But I know last last episode or the episode before last, we talked about how Allison and Scott were handling their breakup very maturely. Mm-hmm. Scott has relapsed a little because he uh, he asks about, well, he's like, what, you didn't kiss her or anything, did you? Which, first of all, it's none of your business whether he did or not. You broke up. She exactly. doesn't belong to you. She no. can kiss whoever she wants. She can that's i mean i know there's bro code well it's just like that there's bro code going on with this there's just stereotypical like teenager shit not even teenage boy just teenager shit that is my property and is off limits and you also are living in my house with me yeah and from scott's point of view i could see being upset if they had started a relationship in some way without even talking to him about it like i think if isaac had come to him and said hey i just want you to know i have feelings for allison think she likes me too i'm just putting it out there scott could have dealt with it and moved on well you're thinking about this way too maturely oh i know for teenagers but I, yes but i'm saying i i can justify scott being upset by the thought of them going behind his back and like hooking up or kissing very true and also 
I mean, I like that Scott is kind of being just a dude about this because he can't be perfect all the time. Yeah. And I like that this is him being a normal person. Although the throwing Isaac against the wall is probably not the best. Honestly, I attribute that to the darkness going on with him and him not having control over his werewolf impulses. Yeah. Because no matter how angry Scott gets in real life, he would, without this darkness influencing him, he would never put hands on Isaac otherwise. Yeah, he doesn't pretty much ever resort to violence. No. (laughs) That's not his response. And this is like very flippant violence. Yeah. Okay, we talked to that true. <laughs> yeah. Then Melissa gets on their case. Yeah, don't test my suit, my completely non Don't test my non-supernatural level of patience. Yes. That's what she says. <laughs> I, just, I, I just really like the little family unit they've got there. It's really cute. Yeah. They are a lovely family. Except for the throwing each other against walls, but we again, we talked about mm-hmm. that. I like that Melissa didn't try to like intercede. She's just like cut it out. Yeah. Like when I break up my cat's fighting. Yeah. <laughs> so Styles is getting ready. Yes. And realizes he can't read for a second. Mm-hmm. But then his dad comes in and the book turns back to normal. Yeah, all the letters were mixed up. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't know if it's, well, it, um, they're learning about World War Two. Yes. And even though the letters were mixed up, they were also letters that weren't in mm-hmm. the actual word. So it was just like a hot mess. Yes. Um, and he notices that his dad is carrying a box, a file box that says sheriff station do not remove. But of course, the sheriff is like, well, unless you're the sheriff. Mm-hmm. But we don't really get any more information about what's going on with that yet. Nope. And then, then we cut to Allison. Who's on her way to school. She gets in the elevator and it gets really cold. So obviously the elevator is haunted. Obviously. Yeah. And then the elevator goes dark. And when it opens, she's in the hospital hallway. Yes. And then she steps out of the elevator, and behind her, we see a little, like, flicker of... A feminine figure well, it's behind that, her. Well, it's Allison. Wait, Allison was behind Allison? Yeah. I did not realize that. Mm-hmm. I just... But I also even put it in my notes that I wasn't paying enough attention to know who it was behind her. I just caught the glimpse of the figure behind her. Yeah. And I mean, it looks cool. I'm not sure what it means if she didn't see it. But also, I think it's an interesting callback to her season two fears about going dark and... Oh, yeah, when she saw the evil version of yeah. her. So if it's kind of it's kind of like a callback to a flickering of evil Allison and her fear about that. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. She notices that a door is ajar. Yes. So she goes into the morgue. And she's looking at Kate's autopsy drawer that's ajar. Yes. <laughs> And she looks into the drawer, and it's a, just a really super long tunnel. And, well, before she even opens the door, all of her season one memories of Kate oh. flash. Well, I, I didn't even mention that because, again, it, that's just one of those moments where they're like, they think we've never seen this show before, and we forgot who Kate Argent is, but whatever, it's fine. I'll yep. let it go. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, so, so she opens the drawer, and we have a cool shot of this super long, extended, basically, tunnel. Mm-hmm. looking out at her i think the cinematography of this episode is very good it is very horror movie yes in fact uh there's a scene similar to this morgue scene in insidious chapter five when he's in the mri machine oh yeah yeah this is better oh yeah for <laughs> sure um but then we get some like very japanese horror like glitchy ghost yeah ring 
shit mm -hmm. with Kate climbing out of the morgue drawer towards her. Yep. Which is very creepy. It was super creepy. But oh. then Allison busts through the school doors mm -hmm. and Lydia asks if she's okay. Yeah. How did she get there? Was she in a fugue state like Lydia? I guess she had to be. She got to school somehow. What they're going through this episode would stress me out so fucking bad. Uh, yes. <laughs> I think, oh God, I don't know which one is the most stressful. Because, I mean, on the surface, I think that Scott's isn't as bad, but it's really not because, I mean, it is because he's feeling like he's completely losing control yeah. of this new power that he's found. And that would be terrifying. Yeah. Especially for someone like Scott, who is like... Not violent. Right. And pretty docile by yeah. nature. Um, The thing that like fucks me up is not realizing that you're somewhere else when you... You're actually somewhere else when you are thinking you're somewhere else. Yeah. So... Let's break it down. So Styles can't tell if he's ever if he's awake or not. Allison never knows where she is or where she's gonna be or what if what she's seeing is real. And, and Scott, Scott never knows what he's going to do. Right. Or if he's in control or if there's mm -hmm. something so yeah, they're all very out of sorts. Yes. <laughs> it's so stressful. Yeah. So we cut back to Scott and he's having more of his issues where his eyes are turning red without his control and then he sees the a shadow of this big alpha shape, kind of like what Peter turned into. Yes. And while he's running from it, he bumps into Styles. Yep. And who brings up so obviously something's going on with Scott too. Yep. And Styles says he's seen things and Scott asks how he knew. And then Lydia and Allison walk up and Allison says because it's happening to all three of them. And then we cut to the sheriff. He's got his little investigation board with the pictures and maps and all sorts of stuff on the board. Yes. I will say before we jump into that, I wanted to comment and just say they're talking like Deaton didn't tell them this is exactly what would fucking happen to them. If yeah. they did this. Yeah, earlier, it was still part of the dream, but Styles is like, what if what we did with the Nematon is still affecting us? Deaton literally told you it would affect you forever. Yes, we're going to get to that after we talk about the sheriff stuff because it comes up. So. But again, they are teenagers. You tell teenagers something is going to affect them forever. They're just like, eh, not me. Yeah. I was like, oh, nah. Like, what? I'll be a little sad. It'll Whatever. I'm a teenager. Yeah. I'll listen to some My Chemical Romance. It'll be fine. I'll shrug it off. It'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. So that's when the sheriff pins up a picture of a girl, a little girl, with the name Malia Tate. Mm-hmm. Malia! Some of you may recall that I've mentioned I have a cat named Malia, so just keep that in mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then we cut back to the kids, and Lydia says, look who is no longer the crazy one, mm -hmm. and Allison says they're not crazy. Scott says that dying and coming back to life has got to have some consequences. Bitch! Yep, that's exactly where I wrote, Deaton literally told you there would be side effects. That is exactly what I said <laughs> in all caps. And they agree to look out for each other. And Styles tells Lydia to stop enjoying this so much. But I can get it. I get it. You're like, you've been, she spent like two and a half or a season and a half. Maybe. They're experiencing what she experiences all the time. Yeah. yeah, she's like, that sucks, doesn't it? Yeah. Not knowing where you are or what you're doing or how you got to where you are. Yeah, it's no fun. Yeah, which I love that Lydia is the one taking care of them because She's actually qualified to do this because she's always the one that's going into a fugue state, seeing weird shit all the time. Yep. Um, it just dawned on me as we're talking about it that this is like what she deals with on a regular basis. Yeah. And had, yeah. Well, I mean, she doesn't deal with being afraid she's going to turn into a big monster and kill everyone, but. No, but like just yeah. weird visions and <laughs> yeah. dreams and mm -hmm. being scared all the time. Yep. So that's when we cut to history class and are introduced to Mr. Yuk Yukimura. Yukimura. Mm -hmm. And he is, 
the most embarrassing father ever. He is, but he's cute. Sure. It is. It's funny. But I'm just like, oh, my God, you're so horrible. Why would you do to do this to your daughter? He in- So, okay. So he introduces himself. And then he introduces his daughter, Kira, who we've already established is the most beautiful person ever. Mm-hmm. But ignore the fact that she's gorgeous. She's awkward and a social outcast at this point, which he proceeds to point out to the everyone else in the class. Yeah, she has never mentioned anyone else and she hasn't brought anyone home because apparently she has no friends. Dude! Bruh. <laughs> well, she's not going to win anybody over like this. I'm sure he thought he was doing her a favor. I don't know how, but... He's, yeah, completely out of touch. Um, so, yeah, but Scott definitely takes notice. And he also notices his werewolf shadow. Yes. And then we cut to the art room. And Allison's hands are tremoring like a motherfucker. Yeah. I wrote down that she has the yips. What are the yips? Which is a term I learned from Ted Lasso, which is applies to sports, where it's just you get in your head too much and all of a sudden you can't do the thing that you're really good at. Like, the phys- oh. like all of a sudden you just keep fucking up mm-hmm. at something that you're really good at. So oh. she, her hands are shaking. She can't shoot the uh, shoot an arrow straight anymore. So that's I just called it the yips. Okay, but you're not supposed to talk about it because you're very uh, superstitious about it. I think. Oh, okay. But they talk about it because it's not really that. Anyway, so yeah. then we cut back to Scott and Styles and Styles well, can't a little bit of just like layering oh, a little, just two little details. Well, we don't. It doesn't matter that Lydia tells her to start over. I basically this is a good episode, so I'm really just writing down everything that's yeah, happening. Same. I'm not really <laughs> making <laughs> a lot of commentary on it. But Isaac is eyeing Allison, yes, because he's also in art class. Yes, he is keeping an eye on her. Just wanted to point that out for mm-hmm. anybody who is not watching is just listening along with us. And so then we cut back to Scott and Styles at Styles' locker, and he is having trouble getting it into his locker. He can't get it open. Mm-hmm. And, and um, we know Kira will be Scott's next love interest because he can suddenly hear conversations she's having with the parental unit for yes, no reason. That's true. Um, and Styles looks down at his lock, and it's a bunch of codes instead of numbers. Mm-hmm. But we hear the conversation that Kira is having with her dad, and she's basically calling him out for embarrassing her like we did. Yep. And he um, is basically like saying he just want he wanted her to be noticed or whatever. And she said, "I could set myself on fire to be noticed." <laughs> True. Keep that in mind, also. <laughs> oh God, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, and that's where I just wrote, "She's so fucking pretty." She is. <laughs> she's gorgeous, and she notices Scott eavesdropping mm-hmm. on her. And then he kind of starts to lose control a little bit and his eyes turn red. Yep. And Styles grabs him and gets him into a classroom. Nothing to see here, everyone. Totally normal. I'm just shielding my friend's eyes for no reason and carrying him into a classroom. After he was caught eavesdropping on a very beautiful girl. Yeah. So this is when our little gossip, our little uh, teen gossip group that we've always talked about, like if we were at school, would be like, did you see them in the hallway today? Oh my God, yes. What was that about? I don't know, but I mean, he was clocking that Kira girl really hard. <laughs> but then he totally freaked out, and Styles was like dragging him away. Like maybe he was freeballing and got a boner. <laughs> that would be my thought process. Okay. Yep. I would be way off, but yeah. Well, I mean, you got who make knows some, draw some with them. Conclusion. So they go into the classroom. Scott takes off his what was he wearing? Like a some kind of overshirt or something. He strips yeah. down to just his little tank top mm-hmm. and he tells Styles to stay away and he digs his claws into the palms of his hands so that he'll chill out. Yep. 
Because he's afraid of hurting Styles. And he turns back to normal. And Styles says it isn't just in their heads. It's real. And Scott points out he's following Derek's advice at this point. He's using pain as an anchor. Pain keeps you human. It's sort of kind of working, but I would never take advice from Derek. No, but at this point, I mean, the episode is called Anchors. And at mm-hmm. this point, Scott feels kind of adrift, yes. as you would be without an anchor. Yes. Allison was, well, we haven't gotten to it yet, but yeah. So then Styles reveals to Scott that he can't read sometimes. Yes. And he talks about how he can't tell, or how do you know you're dreaming? Because you can't read in a dream. But now yes. he can't read in reality, so he can't tell if he's ever awake or asleep. Which would fuck with your head. So absolutely <laughs> all the time constantly is that i wonder i've never tried have you ever tried to think about whether you ever read in dreams because i'm trying to i tried to think about it when he mentioned it yeah. and i can't recall i'm usually doing stuff right I in my dreams i can't think of ever trying to read in a dream but i don't know and it's hard you can't really keep track of that because when you're dreaming you're not thinking about it no unless you're lucid dreaming i would want to say that it's I feel like it's possible, but usually if you're having a dream worth remembering, you're not going to be reading. Yeah. So, I'll I don't just know. say that, sure, that's true. Okay, so Lydia is being a very supportive best friend, and she takes Allison out into the woods for some target practice to work on her yips. Yep. And Allison is sucking ass at it. She is. <laughs> she is not even close to that target. No. And Lydia tells her to try the Mongolian draw, mm-hmm, and she, she still reads. flops. Yes. Which is just turning the bow sideways, apparently. And then Allison sees Kate running through the woods again. This is one time where I'm like, Lydia, don't do that. This is terrible. I knew exactly where it was going. As soon as she told Allison to close her eyes, oh. this girl is seeing <laughs> hallucinations. Do not tell her to close her eyes. Yeah, I suppose. That seemed just like a bad... Going out into the woods alone with anybody other than Scott seems like a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, not Scott, Styles. Oh, Anybody okay. other than Styles, because Allison and Scott are fully capable of hurting you if they see shit. This is um, I'm actually about to get into another thing that I wanted to bring up okay. during this part, which it's one of the most tired tropes in film and media in general is when people are having hallucinations and the people around them know that they're having hallucinations and they know that they're having hallucinations, uh-huh. and they have weapons. Yeah. <laughs> Because it never fails. Yeah. As soon as she closed her eyes, I was like, I know where this is going. She's, not, I know she's not going to kill Lydia, but I know that Lydia is now in danger because this girl is hallucinating and she's shooting arrows. And it's just like, I see it all the time in movies and I wish that it, it needs to be done better. I don't, I don't need this to die because I know it won't die. I just wish it would be done better. Because the trope of people having hallucinations and then accidentally injuring, murdering, maiming people that they care about. It's just, it's been done so much now that I'm not impressed when it happens. Fair enough. But that was really just like my one little gripe. I think they do a pretty good job because it's not like all of a sudden she closes her eyes and then boom, she almost kills Lydia. Like more happens to kind of distract you from it. and. yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying it was bad and honestly when it first happened it was probably before it was long before i was tired of this trope sure but now i've seen this trope like a million times so teen wolf did it first no i definitely not first i I know no but (laughs) they did it i'm not holding this like episode or this moment 
to that standard or anything. It was just more of a personal gripe that I have with scenes like this now. Fair enough. But I mean, it's fine in the moment. I don't have a complaint about it in the episode. Okay. <laughs> it's just fine. It's just one of these things that I notice, and I'm just tired of it. Yeah. Well, of course, they do talk, call out the trope. Allison says, I'll be right back. Yes. And Lydia says, you did not just say that. Mm-hmm. And then she starts walking around the woods, and then all of a sudden it's nighttime. Yep. And she sees Kate. Running through the woods. At her. Mm-hmm. With the weird glitchy movements. And she pulls the... Of course, she goes to shoot her, and... Sorry, I got distracted by a notification. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> Allison starts crying, and she gets ready to shoot Kate, and she shoots the arrow at Kate, but thankfully, Isaac manages to catch the arrow before he hits Lydia. Yes. Right in the face. Yes. So, good job, Isaac. And Allison apologizes, and Isaac goes and tells Scott. <laughs> and they have a conversation about it, which just leads back to Scott asking why Isaac was there. And then Scott throws him out of the room again. Yes. And Melissa says the house does not have the supernatural ability to heal. Yes. So then we cut back to we're at the sheriff's office and Styles has brought flowers, which I think are intended. They're going to drop them off at his mom's grave. Yes, that is correct. And he says last time that he left flowers there, someone stole them. Yes. Because they were like $100. Yeah. Which is a ridiculous amount of money to pay for flowers. He loves his mom. Yep. And the sheriff says if somebody stole them and they need flowers more than they do, it's just a gesture. So. Fair enough. Yeah. And his dad is going through all of his old case files to see if any of them are linked to the supernatural. Styles picks up an old file or report that says a strange, strange sighting of a bipedal lizard man sprinting across the freeway, to which the sheriff says that goes in the Canama file. Yep. (laughs) And Styles isn't sure if it's a good idea, but the sheriff feels like it's his duty. I can totally get it. Understand that now. Yeah. He'd be second guessing everything you've ever done. True. And it would help him do better in the future. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, because now he's looking back at all the cases that he couldn't solve and thinking, well, obviously I was missing a huge piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. So how many of these cases were crazy supernatural shit that I didn't know about? that I could have yeah if I had only known right um so he brings up a specific case that was eight years ago a wife and her two daughters died in a car accident and the body of the nine-year-old daughter had apparently been dragged from the bot from the car because they never found her body yes and they thought it was done by coyotes and the way that he told this story initially I was under the impression that they found the nine-year-old girl's body but no it's because of the Wounds that were on the bodies left behind, scratches and bites. Right, and which I understood yeah. later, but initially I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. No. But it doesn't because it didn't happen that way. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way that he said it. It made it sound like they had found, I had assumed that they had found the body no. that had been ripped up by coyotes, but apparently they just assumed that it was the coyotes that drugged the nine-year-old away and they couldn't find the body because of that right which if you don't believe and don't know about werewolves i that would probably be the conclusion i came to some kind of animal oh yeah it's a standard issue supernatural animal attack show animal attack yep but this also happened on the night of the full moon yes so now he's looking back at it like oh my god it must have been a werewolf yeah they didn't even find the car until three days after the crash yeah and the two bodies in the car were covered in bites and slashes. And he, we find out that he's giving all the files to Scott's dad. Yes, which we don't get an explanation for, but Styles has noticed this now. 
We get an explanation later. Yes. Um, but for now, we cut back to school. Styles shows up in class, and there's some girl sitting in his, his usual seat, and he asks her about it, but she responds in sign language, sign language ASL. Mm-hmm. And he sits down, and he realizes that nobody is moving. Everybody is completely stationary, even Coach. Yeah, everybody's just staring straight ahead. Yes. And then they all start signing. Well, Coach starts signing the same thing the girl had signed to him. Mm-hmm. And they all start signing the same thing in unison. And he's like, okay, I'm just going to get out of here because some yeah. weird shit's happening. And then he hears whistling, and he wakes up to Coach blowing a whistle at him. Yes. And <laughs> he Coach says that he was asking Stilinski, are you paying attention back there? Which, obviously, no. And then he says, stop reminding me why I drink every night. <laughs> Wait, I thought he was in recovery. We haven't gotten to that yet. <gasps> oh, my bad. I could have sworn he mentioned that already. Um, He mentioned that his brother was a meth addict. Oh, maybe that's what I was thinking of. I don't know. But Styles thinks that he had dozed off. And Scott's looking at him all weird because apparently Styles had not fallen. He was awake the whole time. Yes. And then he looks down at his notebook and he's written, just been writing, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, all over it. Horrifying. Yeah. Fucking terrifying. Yeah. Um, so then we cut to lunch. They're all outside eating and um, they're trying to figure out what the hell's going on with them. Styles tells Isaac that he's not very helpful. And Isaac comments that most of his childhood he was locked in a freezer. So being helpful is new to him. Yes. To which Styles responds, are you still milking that? Which, they're such assholes to each other. But they it's funny. Are. I love I'll it. Let, I'll allow it. <laughs> and then Kira just pops up. Which, I think Kira popped up at a very awkward moment. It was like right after they had that particular conversation. And she's like, sorry, I overheard everything. Yeah, I'm just not, I'm not going to mention the freezer thing. Um, but I think what you're talking about is... Bardo. Bardo. Which is a Tibetan word. And it's the state between life and death. And Lydia seems to be threatened by her knowing things. Yes. She's like, well, do you mean Tibetan bardo or Indian bardo? Even though she already said Tibetan. Mm-hmm. But whatever. So she starts talking about all the different stages of bardo. And, and the final one is death. Of course. Yeah. And she's like, and then you die with like a big smile on her face. <laughs> yeah. She's like, yeah, we're just she's talking She's just about happy to share her knowledge. I'm making friends, sharing information. That is, she reminds me of anyone that listens to true crime and finds out that somebody else likes true crime it's like oh my god have you heard about this horrible fucking murder yeah um because obviously she doesn't at this point realize that they're talking about their actual like situation yeah this is just philosophical Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so then they go to deaton and of course deaton knows sign language yes of course he does and he says everyone's subconscious is trying to communicate with them which like fucking duh deaton Right. Well, he, so he asks Styles to show him what the sign language that he they were doing was, and it they were saying over and over and over, "When is a door not a door?" And Scott knows the answer, which is when it's a jar. Yes. So basically, yeah, he's saying that the what they did with the nematon has left uh, the door to their mind open to God knows what. Yes. And yeah, Styles is like, so my subconscious wants to tell me a riddle. Um, then the sheriff pulls up to the clinic. Well, I did want to point out one other thing. Sure. Um, because they asked Eaton, you know, what's wrong or whatever. And he makes a face. 
And Style says, that's the we know exactly what's wrong with you, but we don't know how to fix it look. Which makes me think he knows that look from when his mom was sick. Ooh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. I like to think of the most heartbreaking possible answer. To You're probably anything. right, though. Yeah, I mean, that would explain it. So yeah, but Deaton tells him they need to figure out how to close that door. And, and then, then that's when the sheriff pulls up. Yes, which I'm going to also point out a heartbreaking moment here. Because the sheriff shows up and says that he needs their help. But then he says specifically, I need Scott's help. And if you look at Styles, he looks very disappointed. Oh. He's like, for a second there, it's like, my dad needs my help. But no, he needs Scott's help. And he tells them that Malia's body was never found. Right. And he wants Scott to try and find her. By scent. Mm-hmm. And there's potentially a werewolf out in the world that murdered an entire family and still needs to be caught. So then we cut to... The Tate house. Yes. And apparently Malia's father has been having a coyote problem. So he's setting out traps for rats as bait for the coyotes? No. He's trying to catch the rats so that if you take away the food source for the coyotes, they won't come around anymore. Gotcha. Um, So while the sheriff is talking to Mr. Tate... Scott and Styles are sneaking into Malia's old room. And of course, they have another creaky door moment, which is always fun. Yes. Um, and all Scott is getting is some kind of animal scent. Yeah. And then they notice the cutest little Rottweiler that mm-hmm. starts barking at them. Hi, puppy. And Styles tells Scott to be the alpha and scare it, but he's not in control. Right. And we find out that the dog's name is Apollo, and Mr. Tate just tells him to shut up, and he does. He's a good boy. Yeah. Yeah, because he started barking at the intruders, as you would want your dog to do. But, yeah. Um, I also pointed out that Styles picks up a book, or Scott does, and it's a series of unfortunate events. I did not know that. As someone who worked in a bookstore, I recognize those because they look very distinctive, which I just think is ironic that as a child, Malia read a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> very unfortunate. Anyway. Um, um, the dad is not trying to hear about his family potentially being murdered. Can you imagine? It's been eight years. He's been dealing with the fact that his wife and children all died in a horrible accident. And now, after all that time, the police show up and are like, actually, we think they were murdered. Like, way to really re- just poke at all that trauma dig up all of that emotional baggage all over again make it worse like i just oh my god it's been eight years i know i felt so bad for that man (sighs) yeah i feel like i've seen that actor before too oh yeah i'm sure you have he's been on lots of things okay cool but of course that off the top of my head i can't tell you any of that's fine i don't need (laughs) that i just needed validation that he was a familiar face yeah and of course so the sheriff realizes that he did that he just you know, tore a new wound yeah. in this man that had been he'd been slowly trying to heal. And then Styles says he wants to solve one more case while he's still sheriff to Scott, which leads to Melissa coming home, and Scott is cussing out his shitty dad. Mm-hmm. And we find out that FBI agent McCall is conducting an investigation for impeachment. Due to the lack of resolution and ability to close cases. Yes. Which is... Fair, it's valid. To be honest, <laughs> I mean, he because Agent McCall doesn't know about the supernatural. All he knows is that Sheriff Zelinsky does not solve jack shit in this town. Fair enough. <laughs> Just objectively looking at the situation, Scott's dad is not in the wrong. Right. Although I will say, well, on the one hand, I would say, and I'm sure he didn't just randomly choose this case; he was assigned to it. Yes. But secondly, I think in reality, law enforcement would say. 
you are too personally close to this case as this and take is the him father of, of your son's best friend, so you cannot do this. I also agree there. But this is well fiction. Maybe not because he's estranged from his wife and they're divorced. But it's your son's best friend's dad. But he's Whether also an absentee father. Not, I yeah, I don't know. I think any personal I, connection, I think they would say no. We got to pull somebody else in for this. I agree there. I think that he's such a piece of shit. They're like, this motherfucker doesn't give a fuck about his kid. Or he doesn't, they don't even know. Like, maybe he doesn't, never, they don't know. They don't need to know who he is. I know, because he's such a shitty is. dad. Why would they even know that information? Yeah. So he didn't bring and it And he up. wouldn't volunteer it, so. But anyway, so Scott starts to get really pissed and start to lose control. And Melissa's like, all right, let's go. Yeah. So we have some good, uh, some more good parenting here. Yep. Where she asks Scott about his anchor. And he meant he says that Allison was his anchor, and he doesn't have Allison anymore. And she's like, "Bitch, be your own anchor," which has become kind of a motto for the show in general. Yes. I know Tyler Posey really loved that. Mm-hmm. Which and it's good. I mean, it's good advice. I mean, obviously we're not werewolves, but you know, rely on yourself. Don't look to other people to yeah. solve your problems for you. Very true. And then she also has some follow-up good advice, which for a teenager, which is. You will fall in love again. You don't believe, you might not believe it now, but you will fall in love again and it will be just as amazing as it was the first time. And it might even be just as painful. So then we have a fun moment where we have a little bit of role reversal because Scott shows up at Styles' door and says, we're going to go out into the woods and find a dead body. Yes. <laughs> and then we cut to Scott, I mean, Isaac and Allison mm. hooking up. Yes. And she asks if he's sure Scott's okay with that. And he says Scott's 100% over it. And then we get a twink alert. Yes. Isaac takes off his shirt. He certainly does. And then Allison asks what's around his neck. And it's a fucking garage. Because mm-hmm. those are not go- gone. We are done with the garage, but we are not done with garage. Well, yeah. So, I mean, at this point, I think everybody can tell that she's dreaming. Yes. And so Kate shows up and she tightens the garage around Isaac's neck and she says let's do him Allison let's do him together which is so gross and fucking on brand for Kate because that is Kate to a T that's totally what she was saying and it's so gross but I mean obviously I just I love the fact that Allison has sex dreams on this show repeatedly she's had sex dreams about Scott now she's having sex dreams about Isaac it's like yeah teenage girls are just as horny as teenage boys are absolutely I love that and I do appreciate also that in her dream, Isaac is telling her that Scott has moved on and she should too, because that tells us a lot about where she's at right now. Yep. Um, but yeah, but then it gets really gross. <laughs> yeah. But then Allison wakes up and Lydia is sleeping next to her. Because apparently they were studying, but she was studying with one of her ring daggers. Yeah. She, pulls, she... she finds that underneath, which is creepy. And she seems disturbed by that. I don't think she was studying with it near her. I think at some point she got it. Mm, okay. And I don't know if she was necessarily going to do anything with it, but this just goes back to what I was saying earlier, where Allison and Scott are the most dangerous in these fugue states because they are actually lethal people. Yes. <laughs> Capable of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Allison more so than Scott. Yeah, I would because say Allison is Allison is way more likely to hurt somebody than scott is right because even when scott's losing control he's aware of the fact that he's losing control yes yeah okay so then we cut to styles and scott in the woods and styles is talking about how they're talking about what you know what's next and he's like i hope it's not triplets who turn into a three-headed hound of hell yes (laughs) 
a Cerberus werewolf would be really cool, but after the like Uber wolf, I'm kind of over it. Yeah, I and I mean, there's no way they could pull that off without it looking in completely ridiculous. Oh, 100%. <laughs> it would have to stay like that all the time. I think it wouldn't it couldn't shift forms. It would just have to be a Cerberus all the time. Sure. If and the it was CGI would be shit and it would look terrible. You're not wrong. So, so I'm glad that it's not a funny idea. Don't ever try to do that. Yeah. Not um, with that budget. And then they all trip and Styles kind of knocks Style, uh, Scott's phone out of his hand into a puddle. Yeah. So immediately I'm like, oh, fuck. Now he needs a new phone again. But um, it's been a long time. He got through a whole season. Mm-hmm. Or like half of a season yeah, sure. without needing a new phone. Wait, did he need to get his phone replaced in season two? Uh, I think it was just season one yeah. where that was a thing. Yeah, but it happened several times in season one. I think. It did. So. Um. Anyway. But, but he's got a really good phone. It is, still works. Yeah, which I didn't notice what the product was, but I feel like it, it was, was a Samsung. Placement. Yeah, it was product placement. I'm like, look how strong Samsungs are. You could throw them in a puddle and they yeah. still work. But also um, at this point, Style says, I hate coyotes. Which yes. is, I think, interesting. Funny. It is. <laughs> For future reference. Um, they see the claw marks and they determine that well, they, also, well, they, they found the car. First, they talk about the fact that the police just left the car there because they just couldn't be couldn't be asked. Yes. Which, <laughs> oh yeah, I did skip over that. They find the car and Scott asks the same question I was about to ask about why is it still there. But Styles has a good explanation. Yeah, it was just too difficult to pull it out. Yeah. So then that's when they see the claw marks. Yes. And they determine it was a werewolf. Mm-hmm. And they find a baby doll, yeah. and it talks and scares them, which the batteries would have been dead in that thing. Yeah, you would think. But then it's again, if, they, if it hasn't been touched in eight no. years, perhaps batteries it could hold. still die. They do, but like, Even I don't if you're know. not using it. Like, if it's got a little on-off button, and it's been on this whole time. I, I don't think that it hasn't. I mean, it should be dead. Yeah, but. In theory, I don't know. That's like our biggest nitpick of this episode. Yeah, I mean, and I don't even care. <laughs> yeah. I really don't care. No. So, so then they see eyes watching them from the shadows. Yeah, and Scott takes off after the coyote. And he jumps over a cliff and yes. lands right in front of the coyote. And it snarls at him and he uses his alpha eyes on it and it chills out and it has sad blue werewolf eyes. Mm-hmm. And Scott realizes it's Malia and she yeah. runs off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Malia. No, I'm sorry. I'm just excited. I love her so much. She's so great. <laughs> Okay, so that's when we cut to our little extra scene. Yeah, Scott is texting Derek and blowing up his phone, but he and Peter Seem to are be in some kind of murder room because they pan yeah. over a bunch of weapons with blood crusted on them. Mm-hmm. And we get... What are, is it twink alerts? Because it's these two, it's like a twunk alert. Uh, yeah, we just... Call, let, I mean, let's just establish now anytime a hot man of any age has their shirt off, it's a twink alert. Okay, yeah, fine. I prefer it that <laughs> we way. We understand that's not the correct definition of twink. Yes. We're moving on from that. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Love that for us. Yeah. I am back on the Peter is hot train. Oh, no, I'm not. I know, I know <laughs> you're not. And it's like, here's the thing. It's like, Peter is disgusting. I'm not into Peter. No. It's just Ian Bowen is yeah. hot to me. Personality has a lot to do with attraction for me. So when he's I, being a dick, I'm just not. And I understand that. Yeah. And I was on board with that, mm-hmm. but also I'm just like, no, I could, That's I can valid. separate the two. It's totally valid. I understand. <laughs> so I still don't like him in the movie. No. Like the movie is like, bleh, but, but yeah. So they're chained up to some yeah. fence. It looks like the same place that Kate had hit. Derek tied up but i don't know it looks exactly like the basement torture room that's under the hell house 
And honestly, I cannot remember what's going on here, so I can't tell you if it is or not. I can't remember what was going on either. So we'll just leave it there. But, but they're yeah. being electrocuted by somebody. And somehow this is Peter's fault. Yes, Peter asks why Derek's looking at him like it's his fault. And Derek says because it is his fault. And he says he's probably right. And that's the end of our episode. Yep. It was so good. It was fire. It was <laughs> such a good episode. Yes. There is a reason it is the most watched episode of Teen Wolf. So, MVP? Yes. I remembered! Yes. I already have mine picked out. <laughs> okay, you go ahead. Lydia. Yeah, I was thinking about that, too. Um, well, go ahead and give your reasons and everything. She took... I pretty much gave them already mm-hmm. earlier in the episode. Lydia is the perfect person equipped to deal with these three particular characters losing their shit, going into fugue states, wandering off, seeing shit. She is just the one, and she is right there by their sides. Mostly Allison's, but she is helping them and guiding them and putting herself in danger Mm -hmm. just to like make sure that her friends are taken care of. Valid. So I will go ahead and just say Isaac because he saves Lydia. That's a great reason. And also just because, I mean, he's also there for them. He's, I mean, he's bickering with Styles, but that's funny. But he's, you know, he's trying to help them work this out, keeping an eye on Allison. Letting Scott take out his rage on him. Yeah. He needs therapy. He does. He that needs boy somebody needs to tell him that you, you don't deserve this kind of treatment. But whatever. Moving on. Okay. So we had three Twinkle Alerts. Yes. We had Samsung product placement. Yes. I think that's all. Um. No new lore. Mm, yeah. Oh, well, no. We learned about Bardo. Oh, yeah. True. So You're right. That is the only new lore. So I guess we should just call it lore. Not even specific to like werewolf yeah, just lore. Because we're going to get a lot of. Different lore. kinds of lore going forward. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Lore. Uh, yeah. Rate the episode. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to give it a five. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a so fucking good. five. <laughs> it's the cinematography is good. I have almost no nitpicks about the plot. It's interesting with for character development. I think that each, all of the ways that they're each going through this and struggling with this is interesting in its own unique way. The acting in this fire yeah. is... It's just a fucking banger. It is a great fucking episode of Teen Wolf. This is why I say, like, season three of Teen Wolf is so good. Like, if I were to show any episode of Teen Wolf to just an initiate, someone who's never seen Teen Wolf before, I would feel totally comfortable showing this to them, not feel embarrassed. Yeah. Be like, no, trust me, it gets good. No, it's good. Yeah. It's just good. It's... (laughs) amazing <laughs> so we didn't give any kind of qualifiers though like so i'm gonna say five um uh <laughs> <laughs> um oh, there's no like interesting objects in this five world war ii textbooks with fucked up words on them i don't know i'm gonna give it five should have dead battery baby dolls okay yep that's a good one wow that's i mean that's it we're done yeah we are done <laughs> we just no. right through that yeah it was just a good fucking episode. Yeah. I love it. No complaints. I mean, we talked for an hour. That's a good amount of time. Yeah. When the episodes are good, it's very short. There's nothing to do except for go through the beats. Yeah. And comment on how good they are. Yep. So um, that's it for this episode of Twink Wars. Yeah. So if you would like to get in touch with us and tell us how much you loved this episode or season 3B in general. You can email us at twinkwarspod at gmail.com. Or you can message us or follow us 
on Twitter or Tumblr at TwinkworthPod. And um, if you don't know what Twitter is because it no longer exists <laughs> right. and it now goes by X, yeah, that, that is the place where you can find us. That one. Okay, so if you would like to hear more from us, but not about Teen Wolf, stick around for Wolf Bites, which we will be doing next. Just go on to the next episode. Yeah, it'll be titled Wolf Bites. Yep. So, anyway, bye! Bye!